Okay, I think I'm on. Am I on? Okay. <laughs> All these techie things. Um, and I'm pretty techie. So anyway, good morning, everyone. And it is Kim Fisk. It is Monday. Have no idea the date somewhere in August. And, um, and I'm thankful that you took this time out of your life. And probably many of you got up very early to, uh, to be on this call. So I want to just give it a, a couple of minutes to let people get on because I want to start this call with an exercise that, um, that has impacted me powerfully, just absolutely, probably in, the, in retrospect, one of the biggest game changers for me. So I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, settle in. I got my tea. Hopefully you've got something to, uh, to hydrate you as as you're waiting good morning good morning good morning thank you for your thank you for your greetings and hope you had a wonderful weekend hopefully you are enjoying the last few days of the summertime and maybe many of you are back to the grind of school and kids routines which I'm probably thankful for so good morning I'm just going to give it. I've actually been traveling. Many of you already know, um, if you follow me, that I've been uh, in Europe. I, I actually missed convention. My son had a surgery on his jaw in Europe that I needed to help him recuperate from, and he did amazingly well. So very thankful for the ability to uh, have the freedom to do that. So I just got back. So Jamil had asked me last week. And uh, I said, give me uh, a little few more days to get the jet lag thing out of the way. So anyway, good morning. Still kind of just keeping it coming on a little bit at six, a little after six in the West. Um, I want you to, if you're here and on already, just settle in, like find a place. Hopefully maybe there's uh, sleeping still going on in your home, but find a quiet place, find a place where you can settle in. Don't be walking around. Don't be, hopefully, you're not going to do this exercise if you're driving, by the way. So um, just settle in. Settle into a place where you're comfortable, where um, you can have less distractions if possible. Moms, if that means you're going into the bathroom, lock the door. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, but find a place. And we're going to just start this, this call with um, a little moment of gratitude and uh, a little moment of just calming and peace. One of the things that I am working on in myself for sure, and I find it to be this mission that keeps pulling me to, when I see the need of it in the world is living a very, um, living a non-reactive life, living, a, watching for reactions. Because in, in the book I wrote, in the work I do, in myself, I notice reactions. I notice that button that gets pushed. I notice the, <sighs> I notice the, um, either the fight or the flight reaction. Either I'm going to show you or I'm going to hide and not let you see. Both of those are the, the same coin, just different sides. And um, neither of those, um, the wiring that we have inside to do that serve us. And so our jobs now, the, um, the task of the awakening, <laughs> the job of the awakening, which you're all part of, by the way, or you would not be on this call right now, you wouldn't be participating, even if you don't think you're participating very good, 
that's one of the things I'm talking about. Even though you think you might suck in your participation, other people are participating better, showing better results. Yeah, yeah, that. So we're gonna just start and I want, I want to show you the power of the moment of gratitude, the moment of breathing and unwiring those responses and hopefully rewiring because there's no, there's not really unwiring because uh, you don't leave a void. You're going to do something. So it's going, I want you to see some actual uh, tactical, not rhetoric, not, not cliches, not should, could, you know, you shoulds, but like actually experience it. So I think we can do that right now. And if you're still coming on again, watch the playback. So just get quiet in your chair, actually. And get your feet, you know, plant your feet on the floor. If you'd like to, if you're in bed watching this on your phone, no problem. Or on your computer, just no problem. Just get comfortable. Put the phone down. I'm really not going to do anything but go like this for a little bit. You're not going to miss anything. So you don't need to watch. Just listen. Relax your, your body. Relax your legs. Put your hands in a comfortable position. Don't get too rigid about how you should sit or how you should be. That's a, another part of the problem here. It's like we judge everything. Just let it go. Just, just relax. And notice like even the tension in your shoulders. Relax your shoulders. Relax your face, your jaw. Loosen. Just let it notice there's tension in the jaw. Relax that. Notice it. Notice your forehead. Just relax your forehead. And I want you to just notice and go to take your focus to the deepest part of your belly. And I'm just going to do a little bit of a guided quiet time. So on when I say I'm going to count, I want you to inhale with me. Ready? Inhale slowly. One, two, three, four, five, hold it, exhale, one, two, three, four, five, and push that air out. Inhale, the deepest part of your belly, two, three, four, five, hold, exhale, one, two, three, four, five. One more time. Inhale, slow, two, three, fill up every part of your abdomen, your chest. Hold it. Exhale, one, two, three, all the way out. Keep doing that while I just kind of guide some thoughts for you. As you're breathing, that is, our, that is nature, God-given medicine for us. That's how we can hack our autonomic nervous system. We actually have the power to calm physiologically down. And some of you might even be going back to sleep because it's very calming. 
And when you train yourself to, number one, start physically, of course, you're starting mentally by making the choice. And now you're no, I'm teaching you in your logical brain how to actually access your emotional brain. Because many of us live in fight and flight all the time. We are fighting or we are flighting. And when you are being governed by that brain, there is not many good things long-term that come from it. So while you're breathing and your eyes hopefully are closed, for me it's easier with eyes closed, find something authentic in your life that you can actually find some joy in. Some actual, and you might have, you're going to maybe hear voices about things. Like, first of all, notice those voices. Notice them, don't align. How you do that is you move to the observer of them and go, oh, wow. It's interesting how that voice is saying this to me. Huh, listen to that thought. Hmm, she's crazy. I don't want to do this. This is weird. Any of you hearing those voices, that's what I'm talking about. Notice them. Don't judge that you have them. There's no problem. It's just a thought. But when you move to this place of calm and observer, you can notice and now choose. Hmm, what thought am I going to focus on? I get to, I get to notice and create a thought if it's not there. So when you go looking for something to be grateful for, guess what? We get what we look for. So find a thought that makes you feel really good. I'm really thankful that I can walk, if you can. I'm thankful that I have hands. I have thankful that I'm my children, a lot of times children can make, have that feeling of joy. Find a thought where you can actually feel the accompanying emotion is gratitude, joy, thankfulness, and milk that thought. Milk it, stay there, embellish it, revel in it, make it brighter, make it clear, clearer, crisper, bigger in your mind's eye, elaborate on it. It's your reality you're creating. It's your reality you're reinforcing. And what we've done as we've grown is we've elaborated, embellished, reveled in fearful thoughts. It's part of our survival wiring. You have a choice now. Are you gonna live in survival mode of fight and flight, fear, anxiety, stress, monster tracks, what I call? Or are you gonna choose? Choose you this day. You get to choose. So practice, this is a muscle. This is an idea that you can actually enforce inside you. It's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. Okay. I would love to stay doing that longer, <laughs> but we, but now you kind of know what it is. Many of you already do this. Many of you have forms of this already. It don't live in this 
right wrong thinking like what this is isn't what you do and so is this the the best way to do it there is no right way to do this it's just self-directed do it as you feel and give yourself full permission to maybe struggle with it in the beginning it's your mind is not liking this your survival brain says what now you got to make sure you pay attention to this make sure oh, wait you can't ah, ah, hear that feel that ah, ah, ah. that is what i'm talking about when i sense that what i call monster energy starting up triggered ah, whether it's just for me a lot of times it's just irritation now like i don't necessarily i can't i got my button pushed once when i was in europe this summer pretty big time like i had a huge button push but over time now, I don't have huge button pushes as a rule anymore, like I used to. Now I can have irritants, like, ugh. And I'm watching that because I always want to just, the call to grow is in all of us. We are never going to get there. There is no there, you've heard this already. And so it's just another layer to peel. So, okay. So the other thing I want to talk about, and, and I'm, I'm actually part of preparing for this. I was like, there's so many different aspects and avenues I could go with uh, in talking. I could talk all day, as some of you know, um, but I want to make sure I'm giving the best value to those on the call. And those of you who are on the call live, by the way, you're actually part of the creation of this call, every call you're on, the energy you bring. I'm gonna open it up. I think I wanna kind of just lay some groundwork initially. And then I want, I think I'm just gonna go, I'll watch the chat and I want to give you the value that you came for today. Um, and then I'll use your questions as maybe springboards to other things. So, um, but in preparing for this call, I was thinking what, there's so many different things I could do. So your energy that you're gonna bring, you've already brought it. You know that energy is felt even, it's not seen, but it's felt like wind, like sound waves, like radio waves that are going, this call is happening, this video is streaming to you via things you can't see. Does that make them not real? They're very real. In fact, those, those principles, those, those laws are governing most everything we do now. So when we look at our lives and say, yeah, but Kim, you don't understand. Look, this, this, and this. I just want to say they could be true, but are they? do they serve you? Because there's facets of the truth. There's so many things that we look at tangibly with our senses, and we're locked, we're trapped. What if, what if we didn't have the knowledge, and back in the day, they didn't know that there were... Um, uh, sound waves or light waves or electricity, these things that you can't see, they'd go, well, how is a 10 ton piece of metal going to stay up in the air carrying people everywhere? That's impossible. Well, at the time, that was their truth. And so it took people to stop looking at the truth that was in front of them and create a new truth. That's what you guys are here to do. You're here, you're, you're part of the awakening. You're a part of the awakened. In fact, many of you, it's a bittersweet thing, by the way. 
it's bittersweet because there's no going back to sleep for you. Many of you, some, you can kind of go hibernate for a little bit. You will in life. I've hibernated in my life and thought we got busy doing other things, kind of didn't pay attention as much to that little spark that had awakened me maybe previous years, but you're part of the awakened, just like the parable of the sower, the seed gets planted. And I've taught this many times in relation to this business and our personal development and how we are the sower. And I'm also teaching it now with how we are the soil, <laughs> how at different parts of our life, we become the soil. Some of you, if you don't know the parable, of the sower, as it's relating to this, to your awakening or to this business, it's mind blowing. Okay. What was I going to say though about it? Um, the seed, even when, if I'm good ground, the good ground uh, category in that story, even good ground doesn't produce fruit all year. Seasons and nature have a course. You're following that course inside you. So don't judge it. You, if you are listening to this right now, you are part of the awakening. You are an awakened person. You are seeing things for the first time. Many of you, I believe, this is actually even um, <laughs> what we're doing here is we are awakening. We are understanding things at new levels at different times. How many of you are awakening and people in your life aren't yet? Oh, and you, you think, I don't think I can be with these people that aren't awakened yet. Well, this is part of your process of awakening is how to be awake and not judge others that aren't yet love others where they are and don't think from a reactionary place like oh well because i'm so awake and i'm growing and they're not i'm i had this with my husband i'm speaking from personal experience it's like wait i'm growing and you're not how do i know he's not growing do you hear the judgment in it just because it doesn't match me, just because it's not exactly like I am, it doesn't mean that there isn't something happening. And by the way, when I learned that if I'd let that idea go, well, but can't, it's true. But does it serve me to hold on to that? Is that a facet, an aspect of the truth that serves me in my life is to judge him or judge anyone? It could be true. And I'm, if you're not looking at me, I'm putting it in air quotes. So it doesn't serve. All it does is it serves to make me right. It serves to, to feed these. Um, yeah, there's another part of reaction that I want to bring up to you and have you just think about it. Just kind of don't hold anything as I agree, disagree, hold everything as like, well, we'll see. Hmm, I don't know. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Don't just, don't just react and say yes, or don't even say yes. Say, hmm, interesting, right? Don't react yet. Just live from not agree, disagree. Listen from that place. Okay, now what was I going to say? Sorry, <laughs> I get too many windows open. When you feel that, but it's true reaction about anything. Step back and go, okay. But does that serve me? Is that a truth that I actually want to keep cementing in myself, in my life, 
in my relationships because you can actually change the truth. In fact, let me give you a little story. There's a story about uh, a Chinese farmer and uh, he is a very prominent farmer, has a very big farm, lots of uh, very well known in his little community. And one day his horse ran away. One of his best horses ran away, got out. Neighbors gathered around. Oh, that's too bad. The farmer said, maybe, went out about his life. The next day, that prize horse came back leading 10 wild horses to the farmer, to the farm. Oh, neighbors gathered round. Oh, that's good. The farmer said, maybe. In the course of the next few days, the farmer's son, adult son, uh, was out trying to get the horses tamed and broken. In the process of breaking and riding one of these wild horses, the son broke his leg, fell off the horse and broke his leg. <gasps> Neighbors gathered round. Oh, that's too bad. Farmer said, maybe. Then uh, this was a part of the history where they were at war. So the draft was on. So the, the, the military people were coming by recruiting out of the village. The next day, military people came to draft the adult son. <gasps> Did not take him because he had a broken leg. Oh, that's good. Farmer said, yeah, maybe. <laughs> My point is this. When you look at your life like that farmer, hmm, maybe. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's just something that I have focused on so long that it is only the only thing I see. In the book, I talk about the bloodhounds. It's the part of your brain, reticular activating system, confirmation bias. You will only see the truth that you have told yourself is the truth. You're not going to see any contrary evidence to what you've believed and told yourself is true with emotion. That's why gratitude is so important to shift truths because gratitude and that emotional feeling you want to get when you're in quiet time when you're you don't have to even call it meditation don't worry about sitting and going um you don't have to do that just get quiet and do that breathing the hack the emotion hack i taught you breathe even if you're driving in traffic breathe don't close your eyes breathe when you go i would teach my clients you guys this principle on their pre-start call whatever you call it now it was this before they got started I'd say, okay, ready? Do something with me. I'm going to give you one of the biggest tools you will ever receive. Yep, the fuelings are great. Yep, the support is great. Yep, the community is great. But this one tool I'm going to give you and package the gift appropriately to the person you're going to give it to. But you got to know, you got to understand it first, right? But I would tell them, ready? They'd be just maybe on a phone call with me. If it's on Zoom, hallelujah, because you can really do it and have that powerful, like what we just did. Just have them breathe. Just teach them deep breathing from their belly. Put their hands on the, the lowest part because people in survival mode, this is where we breathe from. And this is all tight. And this is all worked up. It's from habit. Your body has been conditioned. In fact, it's an addiction, to be honest with you. Think about this. 
the chemicals that your body produces in fight or flight, adrenaline, cortisol, those are addicting. In fact, over my life, I remember having this thought, you know what, I think I'm addicted to adrenaline because unless something is really like making me go, I just wasn't interested. And I would, what we do then is creatively, our subconscious, our body is actually part of our mind. Those chemicals are addicting. And you go, you, you go, why is my life so stressful all the time? Why is everything, why are my relationships freaked out? Why am I not succeeding in my business? Why, ah! right? It's your subconscious's way to keep you producing adrenaline, cortisol, because they're addicting chemicals. The chemical reaction, the, so which created what? Your thought created the emotion or did your emotion create the thought and the experience and the responses and the reactions? Somebody did a review on my book last week. I think it was Monica. And she made a great point about, she goes, I noticed my reaction to when my husband or boyfriend said, I'm gonna go hang out with smart people how she reacted to that was based on wiring that she's not smart. So he didn't say anything about her, <laughs> but how she heard it, what her reaction was, was, oh, does that mean you automatic without even thinking that assumption and the truth was, uh-huh, I know because I'm not smart. That's what you're saying, isn't it? So now when you live in this reactionary situation with family, with coaches on your team, with your kids, everybody's just the dance of the monster. So it's going to take one person, all it takes of the two, to, to change that dance step, to not react, to look at with new eyes. And when you go into this moment, when you practice the presence of gratitude, practice the pause, practice, practice. And get, I, I find it now to where it's my happy place. I love that time. And you don't have to go create it. You don't have to do it an hour a day. Just, just practice non-reaction, breathing, and rewiring to gratitude. Because once love is in your essence, once you've rewired to love, which is your true nature, by the way, true nature is love. It's who you, that's who you were. Look at a little baby. They're pure love. That's you. You just didn't, you just forgot it. You've rewired to a different, uh, a different thing. But it's okay now because now you know you have the ability to change that. So now that you're going to do that, every time you let things go, not not. I don't. When I say let go, I don't mean like okay, I'm going to not say anything and I'm going to. That's not letting go, by the way. That's just passive aggressive. That's just another form of toxic. Uh, it's going to come out eventually in some form in your life. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an authentic, you know what? I think this is what Jesus said when he said, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. It's about them. It's never about you. Never. Hurt is never. And hurt people hurt people. So when people are attacking me or people I perceive, which by the way is 99% of the time. So if there is someone actually upset with me and I can calm down and breathe, I go, you know what? They're hurting about something because what you're upset about is never what you're upset about. 
what you think you're upset about is never the thing you're upset about. There's, it's a button that got pushed based on an inner deeper hurt. And that's where you need to go look and go, why did I think I was dumb? Where did that come from? Yeah, but it's true, Kim. Look, 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 all the evidence you can point to. Okay, but does it serve you? Because that's a truth you've just been focused on doesn't make it true. Just like the farmer, maybe. What is the other side of everything you hold true? What is the other side of it that could also be true? but you're not aligned with it, you're not focused on it. Therefore, the evidence of that truth isn't showing up in your life. Okay. Um, it's a half hour in. So I want it to pertain to what you came as best I can. I don't know how many people are on the call, but I want it to pertain to what you're, what you're uh, wanting to come to the call as it applies to your business. Okay, as it applies to you somehow. Give me some questions in the chat and I need to go open the chat because I haven't. So chatter is how our thoughts, that's what I call anyway, uh, thoughts. Now, ha, we've always used chatter in a negative connotation. And I think even in my book, the book, it's a negative connotation because 99.9% .9 of the time until we've kind of rewired it's a, it is the fear-based survival brain that has created the thought and emotion loop. And those thoughts are going to be, uh-oh, uh-oh, better prove, you better make sure they know, make sure, or hide, or, oh, that's why they're, that's, these thoughts are like, right? And most of the time they're negative. I believe actually chatter doesn't have to be negative. I hear now a lot of chatter I have that serves me. I'm like, yeah, I've programmed that. It's programmable. <laughs> so I'm programming my chatter. So chatter isn't in and of itself bad. Good question. Um, okay, good. Uh, Jennifer. Um, oh, the factors of success. Okay, let's go to the factors of success. And Jennifer, I'm going to, let me just answer yours really quick, because that's a really good question for someone new. Um, first of all, when you're sharing the program, one thing to notice, who are you? Who is it about? Is it about you doing it right? Um, screwing up? Maybe looking dumb, just like that example I gave from the girl that just automatically thinks that she is going to screw up. This is the number one fear people have about public speaking is they're going to say something wrong. Okay, so what if you say something wrong? In fact, Jennifer, I can pretty much give you another facet of truth here about it. The more you speak from your heart and just care about what that you're the sower of the parable, the sower, you're just planting the seed, you're sharing those seeds, you're just telling your story, you're not attached to the outcome. Because so what if you say something like we all do that? I've said some stuff on this call that I was like, well, that didn't make sense. Let me, I don't know. Who cares? The minute you let that go and shift your attention to what you're excited about, here's the four pillars I always taught. What are you excited about? Who are you going to tell? What are you going to say? And then what do you do with that person? Because at any given time, the majority of people are not going to throw their credit card at you. It's not going to be that, uh, 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 an instant enrollment at any given time. No, no, no. That's the, that breaks the law. You, you're not going to usurp the law. So what are you going to do with the people that you've told your story to? How are you going to stay connected with them in a light touch? How are you going to keep 
communication open other than just relying on the algorithms of Facebook, um, which many of you are doing and it's not serving you totally. You're gonna need to learn new skills. So Jennifer, you don't overcome that fear. You just do it anyway. It's not like you're gonna sit around and go, okay, when I'm not afraid of that, then I'll do it. No, you gotta just go run to that roar and go talk to people if you want to. If you focus your attention on what's in it for them, how can it impact their life? And I might have a little part to play in that. Don't take full responsibility, you guys. Don't take full responsibility for your clients or your coaches. That's another kiss of death. In fact, many coaches can hit like ED with either blended path or, or, or full volume. It doesn't matter. But by the time you hit ED, you've pretty much learned the hard way that you can't take responsibility for your client's success or failure. Either one, not on you. And really, it's really not on you um, because it's up to them. But what happens is, is when you become mentor coaches, you go wonky again. You go, oh, I got to... My coaches aren't doing anything. I did a survey not long ago of the biggest challenge in people's lives. And, and many coaches said, I can't get my coaches to, my coaches quit. I can't get my coaches to do anything. That's your problem. Stop trying to get your coaches to do something. That's probably stopping them from doing something because you're, you're breaking the law. The law says, Parable of the sower. Many are called, few are chosen. Be the leader. What this business is about is working on yourself harder than anything else. You are the golden goose. You are the pivotal. You're the sower. You're the one that's going to. And what you want to do is use these experiences in your life to show you where you need to grow, where you need to let go. How many times many of the leaders on my team have we had hard conversations about, because they're open to it, number one, I don't teach them anything. In fact, the myth of mentorship is something I would love to expound on someday because there is a myth that I need to be a good mentor coach or it's about me being a mentoring people. No, it's about, hey, how do I know who to work with? It's those coaches that call me. It's those coaches that are saying, okay, Kim, what now? What now? What now? What now? It's those. And if you guys would look at you, who you are, you are that coach. You are here, not because you had an amazing mentor coach. Now you might've had an amazing mentor coach, but I'm guaranteeing you, I was an amazing mentor coach. Like I could help people move their businesses forward if they were the chosen few, if they were good ground. I had so many more people. If it was up to me, they'd still be here, right? If it was because of my talent and my ability and my awesomeness as a mentor coach, no. And Dr. A loses coaches all the time. It's not about your ability to be a great mentor coach. It's, and if you, so these are two aspects here. Me as the coach and me as, me as the mentor and me as the protege. Those of you who are listening to this, thinking, and maybe you're struggling with trying to be this mentor coach and you're losing coaches. Look at your behavior. Look at who you, you are the miracle and you don't know it. You think everyone's going to be like you. You think everyone's going to go to every meeting and every training and every event and call their mentor and work and, and work. You think everyone's going to be like that because you are, but you think you suck. You don't. You're amazing. You're a miracle. You're good ground. You're the chosen few and you don't even know it. So that bites you. 
when you're now coaching coaches because you think they're going to do what you did. You don't have this, you don't have the law. The law is you got birds that are going to get some. You got, go read the parable of the sower in the Bible. It's a great parable for life. You've got good, you've got rocky ground. You've got, uh, uh, hang on, thorns that grow up with it. You've got, your odds of finding a coach like you are not the majority. You're going to lose for various reasons. And Jim Rohn says, don't ask why. Work on yourself. Go, okay, wait, what am I going to do? Even if no coaches come with me, who am I? Who am I and how am I going to respond to these situations that are trying to teach me and help me in my awakening? How am I going to, how, oh, I'm watching my reactions. Yeah, yeah, I get upset about that. Yeah, I compare myself to them. Yeah, I judge myself. Yeah, I have a hard time. I can't, my health is, I'm putting weight back on. All of these things are, if you look at these situations in your life as your tools for the awakened, they are the tools. This is when you say, I want that. When Jamil said to me, Kim, well, it was after some struggles when Jamil finally said, and it wasn't because I said or Karen or Becky said anything to him that was magical. It had nothing. In fact, Jamil did this initially in spite of me. He hated me, blocked me. I he just did not like me at all. So is it because I did something? No, it's because him. And when he would say, oh, this is happening, this is happening, these coaches are quitting, these coaches are fighting, this, there's drama. Like, yeah, welcome. Welcome to leadership. Welcome to the, to the, the world of the awaken, the awakening. Because when you, when you start to awaken, like I said, it's bittersweet. You're going to be, you're given opportunities. And that's what you want to start looking at. Everything that's happening in your family, in your marriage, in your body, in your business, in your church, in your service, in any part of your life, there's people. And people equal drama. People equal monster reactions. People equal opportunity for you, for you. Stop doing that and start doing this. I go, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, husband, for being a jerk today. Because it wasn't about me. It was about him. And maybe it was about me. And I need to just, maybe I participated, right? Which it's always true. And when I make that change, if you will just focus on you, noticing your reactions, unwiring, rewiring, calming down, focusing on what do I really want? I'm going to speak to that really quick too. When people really focus on people's why, this is, it can be problematic. Sometimes you have an instant why, like, or you think it's, you think you know why, like, I want to leave my job. And then when that happens, you go, crap, why did I leave my job? It doesn't matter. Go with what desires you feel. But sometimes people have a hard time when asked, what is your why? Let me give you a universal why. This one really helped me because at my point in this business, materially, I don't really have any whys and I'm so thankful. And, but yet I'm not happy. Yeah. You think Kim, you're not happy. Really? Well, I'm happy. I'm, I'm peace. I have peace, but what is the point of everything? What is, what am I supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? What is the point of being here? And my, why the universal, why I think is in all of us. And if this one helps you, you can use it. That is to awake, to be awakened, to grow, 
look at the seed in the ground. What is its purpose? It's to grow. We are seeds in the ground. We are individually um, a plant. We are part of nature. We are a creation whose purpose it is to grow. And unless you are growing, you aren't going to be happy in the sustainable way. You might grab some good material things that you think will do it, but it's fantasy, Monster Track 9. You're going to go, oh, wait, but is that all there is? Because even it won't, you can't get there. The, the process of growing is your why. And that's why those of you who are awake, awakened, awakening, it keeps pulling you, doesn't it? And even those of you, there's going to be many of you who don't stay the course right now. You're going to go into hibernation mode for a little bit. You're going to go back in the ground, but you're not dead. You're not dead yet. There's no death. There's only timings and there's only periods of growth and rest and seasons. And that's, but when you're that, when you go, what do I really want? You know what I really want? I want to grow. And these people that I can serve that are in my world, they're part of my fertilizer. <laughs> you know what another word for fertilizer? Yeah, yeah, you know. So these are the fertilizers of my life for my growth. And I think that is where our only happiness sustainably is, is in growing. And um, anyway, all right. Factors of success, I'm going to touch on quickly. You can write them down. I also have little videos. Uh, they live somewhere, and you can actually get those if you want. But this is what I taught, trained, and I think it's still very true. Number one, because you can look around, which you, most of you do, and go, how come they're succeeding? And sorry about this light. It wasn't this bright when I started this call. Um, how, come there's, how come they're rock stars in a year, and I'm still senior coach, and what's happening, and why can't I do this? And you're busy beating yourself up. But you look at from an objective standpoint, you go, okay, let's look at this. Number one is your story. What is your story? And for those of you who've been around a while, you can't rely on old story. You've got to create a new story that excites you. You've got to be authentic in your story because people buy people. People don't buy food. People don't buy feelings. People don't buy, they're buying you. So when, and that's why we work on ourselves the hardest to make sure that we're un, like what Jennifer's question was, the fear is stopping me. Well, when you, when you go out and talk to people, even though you're afraid and they sense that, wow, she's, they're going to on a subconscious level, know you're doing something hard and they're actually going to respect you. That's actually going to be a point of attraction when people go, wow, that she's excited. She, she, and if she doesn't care about any mistakes she makes, see, that's the thing. Is it the mistake you make in talking or is it that you get all weird about the mistake? Don't get weird about the mistake. Just go, oh, oh, I said that. Okay, sorry if I'm saying this wrong. And they're going to go, oh, honey, it's okay. Like, who cares? You, it's a bigger deal in your head than it is to the real world. But when you start telling your story, you got to be excited about it. Those of you who've been around a while, your story is vacillated. Your story, in fact, this is the number one reason I think we lose coaches is because they struggle with their story. Mainly because, well, not always, but they go hand in hand. Your own personal health situation, judgment about, judgment about it, not it. So what if you've gained weight? This isn't a weight loss program, right? But the judgment about it, like I should not gain weight. I should be able to stay in five and one. For blah, blah, blah. I should. See, the judgment is where the problem lies in your story, not 
the reality of it. In fact, if many of you'd say, and I see you, I see some posts on Facebook. That's all I see because you're not calling me telling me this, but I see that there's a shift in many of you going, you know what? It's not about being skinny. It's not about staying at this ideal afterweight that I took a picture of two years ago. That's not what this is about. In fact, the majority of people that you talk to, if you'd shift your story without judgment and have authentic, authentic excitement about what you're really doing is like, you know what? I love this program because it's not for the perfect. I struggle. Come do this with me. That's what I told everybody in my, the early days. Come do this with me because this is, I want to help support you. You support me. I'm not going to, I had a hard time calling people their coach because I it was like, wait, just come, let's coach each other. Let's just be each other's support, reciprocal coaching. That's what I did. And it was authentic. Then I could struggle and not have to throw, not have to go away. Because if you set this up, like you're going to help them get to this place and you can't get to that place, which very few people can, especially middle-aged or menopausal or hormonal women, hard. Women, it's a little bit harder for you. Sorry to say that, guys, and you might not understand that, but women, it, you have some struggles there that are authentic. But you, so what? Is this program for the struggler? Yeah, I used to call it health church. Let's go. It's not for the perfect. So your story is number one. Number two, how many people are you going to impact with it? Do you have people you're going to talk to? Not just throw in before and after pictures up on Facebook. Come on. That's not sustainable. And, you know, I've had many leaders on my team say, Kim, I just did it with my weight loss story and people just kept coming. They didn't have to do the hard thing because they just did Facebook before and after pictures. And, and they had a circle of influence. Look at some of these big time superstars in Optavia now. They're pastors of churches or doctors. They have instant credibility with a lot of people. The second factor of success is people. And if you, have, if you don't have a huge sphere of influence, it's going to take you longer. doesn't mean you can't do it. just means it's going to take you longer and you're going to develop some skills on how to attract and be more of a people person. If you're a hermit, you're probably not going to make it in this business. If you don't like people, you won't make it in this business. Third factor of success is skills. How hard do you work on learning how to do this? Because in the beginning, Jennifer, you're right. When we talk, it's pure excitement. We talk too much. So what? You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Can't say the right thing to the wrong person. It really does not totally matter. But in the big scheme of things, do skills matter? Yes, they do. Are you going to get good at something? To get good at something, you have to do it. There's nothing to it but to do it. There's no, you can't listen to Celine Dion sing and then open your mouth and sing automatically like Celine Dion. I'm just making that one up. But you've got to practice it. You've got to be willing and actually excited to go out and do it wrong. That's how we learned everything. That's how everyone learns. You got to go do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, and then gather the data without judgment go, oh, okay, I talk too much. How many co new coaches would call me? Kim, oh my gosh, I blew it, I talk too much. Okay, number one, you didn't blow it. Number two, you might've talked too much, but so what? That's how you know now not to do that again. <laughs> Hold it as data, don't judge it because judgment will take you to where you never pick up that phone again. Data is gonna be, oh, okay. I'm just gonna put a little reminder here. Maybe, you know, pay attention to what I'm saying more. Yeah, good. Go do it again. Ready? Go do it again. Go do it again. Because you, you're not going to run out of people. There's so many people. Go practice on them. And you're going to care way more about that than they are. 
So just let all that other crap go. That's that's the chatter. I'm, that okay. Skills are very important, and and um, practicing the skills. Practice, 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 practice. You guys, back in the day, we just made our own calls. We didn't have this heavy thing about coaches getting on with you to to do these calls. So we'd have recordings, and I remember I would listen. People would listen to calls I did recording my what. Uh, we call them interested calls, but I think they're called health assessment calls now. And it's all changed a little bit, but the principles are the same. Just get good at it. Get good. And how you get good is by doing, okay? There's no other way to get good. Listening, but doing, making mistakes, readjusting skills. Number four is how coachable are you? And this will also just go back into how much do you really want growth? If you want growth, you're going you're gonna to let yourself hear. In fact, you're going to you know, how many times coaches would call me and say, Kim, tell me, just get, be really, really honest with me. Or in the middle of a drama conversation I'm having with the coach, I stop them and go, do you want me to make you feel good right now? Or do you want me to help you be successful? You tell me, because I'm stopping this. I'm not going to allow this call right now because it's not going anywhere. And it's actually, I don't, I'm protecting my energy. So what do you want? Because if, and then they have a, and I'm not saying that mad. I'm just saying, hey, do you want me to make, I don't have any commitment to your comfort. I only have commitment to your success. Do you want me to tell you kind of what I'm hearing? Do you want me to coach you? Or do you want me to just make you feel good and, and sympathize with you? Oh, I know. They're so, oh, I can't believe they did that. Like, don't participate in the drama. Cut the drama in your life. Don't let your anyone in your life go through drama, listen a little and say, well, you know what? Can I, and if it's a coach on your team, if it's a client that has asked you to coach them, then coach them. Don't worry about, oh, they won't like me if I do that. No, they'll actually like you more. They actually will reson uh, resonate with your leadership because that's what they're looking for. We're all looking for leadership. We're, we're all lost balls in tall weeds. That's what I call it. I'm sorry. So, okay, how coachable are you? And are you willing to hear hard things? And if you, those four things, if you uh, pay attention to those things, rate yourself on a scale from one to 10 right now, just objectively, how, 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 uh, how much does my story impact me? That's your question, okay? Don't try to make your two years ago story impactful. Might not be to you. If it still is to you, then hallelujah, do it. In fact, what I used to do is call my, I would have my coaches call me and tell me their story. Hey, you want to hear something exciting? I'd say, yeah. Okay, well, blah, blah, blah. They'd tell me their story. And then I'd rate them. Because it's not just the words. It's the energy. It's the, it's the inflection. It's, the, it's what are you really selling? <laughs> what am I really hearing in your voice? So even if you're really excited about it, but you haven't, you're not communicating it accurately or authentically matching the, the authentic emotion, have your coach work on that with you. Call and tell your coach your story. And then I'd give them a rating, one to 10. Or yeah, yes, right? But be willing to hear all that kind of stuff because that's where the rubber meets the road. And it all will come down to this everything, all roads lead to you. Never, never anyone else. Always you and how you're going to respond. That's why that gratitude exercise, calming down, 
getting rid of the adrenaline cortisol addiction. Okay. It's an addiction that isn't serving us. It's a, it's a response loop that our body's created because it likes that feeling of, ha <laughs> ha, even though it ruins our lives. Okay. All right. Um, anybody else have a question? We have a little bit of time. Scrolling through. Where it's going to bite you, okay? There's, and no one's asked this, but I'm just thinking about it and I don't like dead air. Where it's going to bite you in this business, the, the, the things to watch for are exactly the story and about your weight, okay? Especially if you're putting some weight on, the judgment about that is going to do more damage than the actual food you're eating. The food is not the issue. It's the judgment. It's also the panic. It's the last supper diet mentality, which is all fear-based. And I understand it. Like, believe me, I got stuck in it. I try five and one and then day one, day one, day one, day one. And what happens to a lot of people, not everyone, but be watchful of it in yourself and in your clients. You got to take them off of the five and one roller coaster. That was what I did. When I stopped trying to start something, for me, it was that last supper trigger where I would eat like, a, you know, everything in sight the night before your survival brain. That is part of your wiring. It's part of, hey, what are you going to do tomorrow? No, 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 no. You go eat tonight. So when I took away the, you know what? What if I just lived the habits of health? What if I just actually looked at my food and looked at fuelings like, well, it's protein carb balance. Uh, I'm just going to have like protein and veggies, drink a lot of water, have some fuelings. Sure. If I'm in a hurry, do you hear the difference of energy? I'll have feelings. If, and many days in that energy, I would eat five and one, but I didn't start out triggering that survival brain with, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm really, 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 we're going to start tomorrow. Cause that one never worked out well for me. And I was putting weight back on. So that's a, that's a bugaboo spot in this business. The other one is mentoring coaches. And this whole identity, like this is my team, coaches that got really protective and maybe they had a, a dysfunctional relationship with their mentor coach and they didn't want to do, see the team coaching thing. If you don't have a good relationship with your mentor coach or there's some sticky points there, right? You're going to have to go figure that out non-reactively. And I would tell my people, my coaches that had coaches, I'd say, listen, this is not going to serve you to just say, these are my coaches and don't touch them. Cause they're really not just your coaches, by the way. And, and the relationships, um, the relationship issues in building this business are where the work, that's the work. But you know what? The relationship issues in life is where the work is. So guess what? Guess what? Awakened one. You've signed up for, personal development, awakened university. And you're going to be, you asked, you asked when Jamil would say, Kim, I want to make so much money a month. I'm like, well, why don't we just focus on serving people? Why don't we just take that desire? And, and when you go, when you're signing up for that class, 
get ready. Buckle up, baby, because you're going to get thrown into the lion's den. You will. And, and he would call with, as any of my leaders would call with situations on their team. I'm like, yep, here we go. Yep, that's what happens when you sign up to, to do this route. This is what's going to happen. And it's not just this business, you guys. You're going to have it in every part of your life. What I love about this business is you get to learn. What other part, other than maybe a church, which this is kind of like a church, really. What other kind of place can you go to get, number one, uh, have the abilities and the opportunities you have to, number one, build something. Number two, and probably this is number one, learn how to manage as you grow, how to best this is how it's done. When people would think something's wrong, I'm like, this is, nothing's wrong. This is how it's done. You're going to have people mad at you. You're going to screw up. You're going to have people dysfunction, toxic, bah, crap. Liz Gilbert calls it the shit sandwich you're going to eat. Yeah. So when you go, oh, this is really bad, be the Chinese farmer. Go, well, let go of the judgment about that. And go, well, let's see what happens. What good's going to come out of this? And when something good is happening, watch for, huh, well, there's a price I'm paying over here. There's something else happening I'm going to be mindful of. Doesn't mean you're going to go focus on it, but you're going to be mindful and because there's always the other side. Always. There's no getting around it. So when you see someone completely, massively superstar successful in any part of life, automatically know. They're eating shit sandwiches. They've got the other side of their coin to get them there, number one, and that they're still dealing with. It's just changed names and faces. It's not going to change. I wish I could tell you something more happy, but um, I'm going to try to uh, um, help you anticipate and manage your expectations. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I, I'm out of time. But anyway, thanks for being on, you guys. It's a big commitment for you in time. And you are the miracle. Remember that. You are good ground. You are the chosen few. Even if you're struggling, even if you think you suck, <laughs> not true. Look at your behavior. Are you on every call? Are you growing? Are you learning? Are you, are you trying? You are ahead of 97% of the rest of the world, honestly. So give yourself lots of grace, gratitude. Think on these things. You have a choice what you think on. So you have a choice where you put your energy and your emotions. Stay in the happy place, stay in the peaceful place, stay in the non-responsive place. Try to get there in every endeavor, every relationship, every situation. Love you guys. Thanks for being on. <laughs>